This is Performance Deliver, insider secrets for digital marketing success with Stefan Horst and Dave Antiel. Welcome to the Performance Delivered Insider Secrets for Digital Marketing Success podcast, where we talk with marketing and agency executives and learn how they build successful businesses and their personal brand. I'm your host, Stefan Horst. Today, we're going to talk about account-based marketing. Here to speak with me about the topic is Daniel Ingelbretson, who is the Director of Integrated Marketing at Phenonics. Before joining Phenonics, Daniel was Director of Integrated Marketing at Acuity Brands, and held multiple dimension generations positions. Daniel, great to have you on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Daniel, how did you get started in marketing and, and what led you to the point in your career where you are at the moment? Well, that's a great question. You know, um, for, for many people, marketing means many different things. And for me, I've been uh, particularly drawn to the marketing technology side of things. And also, you know, I, I really enjoy solving problems and I like talking to people. <laughs> so mm -hmm. when you marry technology and talking to people and solving problems together, you you end up with something that looks a lot like what I do today. So um, it's kind of a natural fit for things that I just I like to do. And and I've ridden the, the wave of my career, um, basically moving from role to role alongside the transformation of MarTech and technology and marketing. And that's a lot of how I am where I am today. Tell our listeners, listeners about um, your role at Phenonic and what Phenonic does. Sure. So Phenonic is a startup that uh, started back in 2009, I believe. So we've been at it for 10 years now. Maybe we're not a startup anymore. We uh, spent a few years developing the technology required to do solid state heating and cooling. And in the last few years, we've been commercializing that into products. And so what that means is we can make things hot or cold without moving parts. And it has a lot of legs and a lot of applications, but the ones that you most commonly see us playing in today are refrigeration, freezing, um, optoelectronics, which is you know, cooling the lasers that shoot data down the optic cables. But basically anything that needs to be heated or cooled, we can do with semiconductor technology that uh, couldn't be done before using uh, thermal electronics. So uh, lots of applications means I get to play in lots of different verticals, um, talking to lots of different types of companies. And, um, and in my role here at Phenonic as the Director of Integrated Marketing, a big part of my job is to know what's possible in the world of demand generation and marketing and inform my business partners internally of you know, the best way to achieve whatever uh, objective they have for, for whatever campaign they're trying to, to run. So I consult with my partners on if you're trying to create demand or generate awareness or if you're trying to hit this cost per lead or that cost per lead, what, what are the right tactics to use to do that? And really, over the last couple of years, um, I've also been a big proponent for account-based marketing and account-based strategy. So I've also been doing quite a bit of, I guess you would say, consulting internally or working with internally our sales teams as well as our marketing teams on that account-based approach and, and the technology and tactics related. Great. So, Daniel, what is account-based marketing? I mean, there are so many different tactics and, and um, ways to do B2B marketing. 
What is special about account-based marketing? Yeah, and that's a great question. And I think uh, it, it also can be answered a number of ways. And I think, you know, I'll answer it the way I would have answered it two years ago when I was first getting, or maybe three years ago when I was first getting started, and I'll answer it the way I understand it today. And, you know, three years ago to me, account-based marketing translated really into creating uh, leads at uh, accounts that mattered to the business and firing off certain kinds of tactics with certain types of technology that allowed me to, to generate leads at those accounts. And, you know, and, and that's an okay definition, but over the years, what it has really become to mean to me is it's an entire strategy around how you even go about, you know, connecting the dots across all of your integrated marketing efforts, whether it's PR or media or events or demand gen or SEO or editorial or whatever it is, how you connect the dots across all of that in a unified storytelling way. And, uh, and how do you bring your sales organization into the fold in the planning and execution of that so that everything that you're doing is impactful and meaningful in the context of the accounts that your business wants to do business with. And so it's, it's more than just a set of tactics or a set of um, processes. It's kind of an all in approach to how you might go about building and executing your marketing. Mm -hmm. So what I'm hearing is basically a strategy that a company wholly needs to adopt. So basically all functions within the marketing realm, but also from a sales perspective, kind of subscribe to this approach because what you're basically doing is you are focusing, I assume, on on existing clients um, and see how you can expand your business with them, but also you're looking for specific companies. So you're not going out and, and kind of just shooting your message out to a lot of businesses that might be you know, a good target, but you're picking out of that whole group specific companies that you target or that you talk to. Is that is that kind of correct? Yeah, that's that sounds about right. I mean, generally speaking, so you know, one of the good things about and maybe a double-edged sword about working at a startup with a new to the world product is, you know, you don't always know who you want to target. So you might mm -hmm. not always have might not always jump out with a specific set of accounts, but you will come up with a specific set of criteria that an account needs to meet as you build a list and then and then learn from there. But, you know, historically, you know, if I think back to what I was doing five or seven years ago, when I'm setting up an email campaign, I'm going to fire off to 10,000 email addresses at the same time. Or when I'm setting up an ad campaign, I'm going to do it on pay-per-click with Google and I'm going to hit anybody who puts this word into Google, you know, whereas now, you know, I would never do either of those things. I would, I would only serve my ads to the accounts that meet my criteria before I even serve the ad. I would only send messages that were personalized for that account or, or for at least for that, you know, subsegment of the market, you know, because, you have so much more understanding of who you want to talk to and what you want to say to them. In a lot of ways, it's not really fair to, to, you know, frown on the past because a lot of this wasn't possible in the past. You know, now with some of the technology that's available, you can get that laser focus 
and then you get that laser efficiency as well, uh, which is really one of the main things that that ABM brings is is a ton of efficiency to your process. So that obviously, you know, ton of efficiency is, is, is I would assume, one reasons why companies should think about account based marketing. What other reasons are there for company to to sit down and, and look into account based marketing and consider it for their business, if applicable? Yeah, so I think it depends a little bit about where where you are as a business, and so I can I can do a couple of scenarios. So mm -hmm. let's say that you're like me and you're working at a startup and you you don't yet know exactly who the best segment is for you to target. Well, account based uh, strategy or account based marketing gives you a framework and a set of tools to very quickly dice your market and test your messaging and understand who it's resonating with and not only do it quickly but also do it substantially less expensively than some of your alternative uh, uh, approaches when it comes to the variable cost of doing that and so if you're if you're trying to gear up to slice up markets and segments and understand where this is going to resonate an account-based approach gives you a ton of insight into those segments and those types of accounts and who's going to care and allows you to iterate quite quickly to do it. You know, whereas, you know, if you're at a, uh, a company that's been around for a hundred years and let's say you're a $5 billion manufacturer, um, mm -hmm. you know, you, you have established relationships, you know, your market, your sales team has been around for a long time, you know, and if you're a marketer like me, trying to tap into your sales team and the knowledge that they have and trying to really drive value in the context of what sales finds valuable um, ha has been a big challenge for marketers for a long time. A long time, marketers are running campaigns, they're generating leads, they're kicking them to sales, and they're trying to get better and better at generating that lead and kicking it to sales. But you're still, traditionally, you're still limited on how much sales will really wants to play with you and how well you can, I guess, fit into what sales is already doing. Whereas an account-based approach, you're bringing sales to the table right out the gate, and uh, and they're helping you understand who you're talking to and what you're saying before you even start. And you can cut out a lot of the inefficiency of driving leads that sales never wanted to talk to in the first place, which sounds crazy, but it definitely happens. You know, we cut that efficiency out or that inefficiency out, and then the leads you're generating. Uh, are already at accounts that you know sales already wants to talk to. So, you know, account the account-based approach, it it really, in my mind, cleans up a lot of the noise that you might would have run into without that approach, and it locks in the collaboration before you, before you start your campaigning. And then, you know, in some ways, at least how I'm doing it, it also... It also keeps you from spending money on tactics or collateral or activity that that doesn't have a predetermined, you know, desired output. <laughs> and so you get a lot more efficiency out of that out of that cognitive overhead, so to speak. Okay. So what type of company or who should adopt ABM? Who is a good fit for for such an approach? You know, 
that's kind of like asking maybe five or seven years ago, who should adopt marketing automation? I mean, realistically, any, well, in a, in a B2B marketing context, anybody could adopt marketing automation and many, many people have, and anybody could adopt an account-based approach and, and many people are. And the reason why I compare the two is because account-based marketing and the efficiencies that it brings and the tools that come along with it, whichever you pick, are doing for B2B what uh, what marketing automation did for B2B 10 years ago. And, you know, a lot of that uh, marrying of technology to get smarter, faster, better, um, you know, is is kind of where, I mean, a lot of innovation is happening in the context of ABM because of the efficiencies and the that, that it brings in the that I mean, really all of it boils down to efficiency. So I would say, you know, if you run a B2B organization and you're targeting other businesses, you should be exploring what account-based marketing could mean for your organization because so much of so much of what so much of the value that account-based brings, you know, can you can mine out really no matter what you're doing or who you're selling to. And there's different facets to that, but I mean, there's a lot of different places it could go. You know, I mean, I just to take a step back, you know, I was recently reading the Forrester Wave report, the one that just came out about, you know, account-based marketing platforms, and there's like 15 of them that they pick. And they're like, here's the front runner, and here's all the others, and they have all these criteria. And it's super interesting to read through that as somebody who, who knows about this stuff because the different players they have in this report, and this is Forrester, they don't do the same thing. And I think that's where some of the confusion comes from in the world of ABM, you know, like, Account-based marketing, there's several different models and there's several different facets to it. And depending on your business, you might be trying to accelerate your pipeline. You might be trying to build loyalty with your customers. You might be trying to orchestrate better, better, better actions and more efficiency with your sales team. You might be trying to improve the efficiency of your ad spend. I mean, there's so many different pieces that matter one in one place and don't matter in another place that, you know, that's where you, you get this, this crop of 14 or whatever vendors of ABM technology and they all do slightly different things, you know, and, and it really, uh, it really comes down to, you know, what are the problems you're trying to solve as a business and how can this, this marriage of, of technology and data and, and efficiency uh, that is ABM, how can that help you solve those problems? So, I mean, it's a super long-winded answer to your question, <laughs> but really anybody anybody who's doing B2B marketing should be uh, informing themselves on, you know, what account-based marketing is and, and how it might solve some of the problems they have. I think especially the last part was very interesting what you just said, because to be honest, you know, I think over the last two years when the word account-based marketing popped up, uh, more and more in, in the area where, where we work here, we first heard it in, in connection with DSPs. You know, um, people were talking about, well, yeah. we can do account-based marketing. You know, we can work with Dun & Bradstreet and we can get data sets and then we, we, you know, we can target specific people at specific companies and, and the data costs are high, etc. But obviously, as, as you know, the, the conversation con continues and, and grew, um, there are other channels where this, this this marketing approach can be applied to. From your perspective, can you 
can you give some examples of account-based marketing in regards to channels, how they can be used to apply account-based marketing, for example, or specific tactics? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, my, my personal favorite is, is Terminus ABM. And I got into the Terminus ABM platform mainly because of access to audience. You know, I, I always say the three things you need as a B2B marketer to be successful in generating demand are access to audience, a value prop that sells and knowing what's possible. And, uh, you know, a value prop that sells is kind of not your problem as a demand generation person. You know, you can't control the value prop your business is developing. Knowing what's possible is entirely your job and access to audience. That's kind of where technology comes in and, and terminus, you know, and, or, or just in general in the context of ABM display, programmatic ABM display, you now have technology that says I can serve this ad to this role at this company and no one else. And in the past, if you wanted to, let's say you're selling a refrigerator to a hospital, you know, to store drugs in it, uh, you know, like vaccines, let's say in the past, if I wanted to run an ad that was after somebody who might be buying a, a, a vaccine refrigerator, I would be buying a word essentially in Google that says anybody who types in vaccine refrigerators, refrigerators show this. Or I would be, you know, doing this very broad brush, as narrow as I could, but broad brush around, you know, vaccine refrigerator or whatever it is. Well, today with account based display, I can say, well, I want every person with the word pharmacy in their job title uh, that works at these 10 hospital systems and only those people to see these ads. Or you can even go, and then I do this in other contexts, you could say anybody who works at this hospital with the, these words in their, their title, I want them to see this ad. And so I can put, you know, I've done this actually, where I put a picture of that hospital in the ad, and I put the name of that hospital in the ad, and you click through on the landing page, and it's written for that hospital, and it's, and it's for that audience. And... And you can do it for the you can do it for the pharmacist with one page, and you can do it for the maintenance guy on another page, and you can do it for the nurse on the other page, and they can all say different things, and at the same time. And so you know the manifestation of ABM from a technology and tactic perspective um, on the ABM display is huge, and I, I liken it to what what cold email blasting was in the past, where you were just trying to hit everybody and see who'd click. You know, now you can hit everybody and see who clicks, except for you're doing it passively. You're not you're not doing it in their inbox. You're doing it passively, and you already know where they work and what they're interested in before you send it to them. So you know, it 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 is kind of that first uh, passive uh, impression on your audience with a targeted message. You know, and you get past that, like you said, ESPs and email for sure. You can be doing it with email, and in my context, we've got all these different all this different thinking around, well, how many emails do you send to the same account? How do you personalize them? And, you know, you can say you can personalize with that account name or their website or the person's name or their title or whatever. And, and we certainly do all those different things, but you can personalize the emails that you're sending out and, and personalize the messaging that you're putting into those emails and, and send it to that audience, you know, with an, an account based, uh, message so to speak 
But, um, you know, and, and for us, in a lot of ways today, a lot of what I'm doing, like the most basic framework is starting with ads and then layering emailing and then layering calling um, all with account specific messaging. Um, but, you know, you can get past that and you can get into, you know, some targeted social media, you know, on LinkedIn, for example, or you can get into some, I actually do a fair amount of geofencing where you can geofence a specific place and serve certain messaging. So there's a number of ways that you can do it. But, you know, you, the other half of it, though, is why are you picking those accounts in the first place? And and that's where a lot of that sales uh, collaboration and activation comes in. And a lot of the technology in this space is about sales activation as well. So after I fire that email or shoot or that ad or geofence that event or whatever, how am I how am I surfacing the insights from that account that it just engaged? How am I surfacing that and actioning the sales team on it? So a lot of the technology is about surfacing activity that's happening at a at a target account and and informing the sales team, well, number one, that it happened and number two, here's what you should go do now. And so there's a lot of actioning around around these insights uh in a smart way so that you get better efficiency uh with your sales team. So, you know, we're, we bubble that up now to our sales teams and help them, help them see that activity faster so that they can move faster. But, you know, there's, I mean, I could, I could probably elaborate further on, on <laughs> other facets of it, but, you know, the framework, and I see this in a number of ways, but the framework that I typically, uh, use is this team framework that you see around on the internet, target, engage, activate, measure. So you're either trying to improve how you do your targeting, you're trying to improve how you engage who you're targeting, you're trying to improve how you activate, you know, your sales team, and then you're trying to improve how you measure those results and, and iterate on top of it. And the different technologies typically fit into one or more of those areas. I mean, from what you just said, obviously it is required to have a clear understanding of of attribution because you're kind of you're talking about buying media in your example a display media and then obviously you provide your sales team with the information that you know what this information or this email was sent out now you know give them a call we, we target them with relevant information how do you go about to make sure that the information from the offline world from the sales team ends up in systems so that the actual success of the media buying can be properly measured? Yeah, so that's a great question. And I'm going to answer that from the marketer's point of view first. You know, it goes back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, traditional demand gen you generate a hundred leads and you send them to your sales team and in 30% of them get a call back because the other 70%, they just aren't the type of account that they really wanted to talk to, or they don't have time for that or whatever, whatever the excuse. And, uh, and from the marketer's perspective, it's totally just a quote unquote excuse. But from the sales guy's perspective, he doesn't have time to waste on something that's not relevant to him or her. And, and so it's just, it's just too, it's, that's the, that's the age old problem that we've been dealing with in demand gen. And, uh, you know, whereas with an account based approach, if the sales guy tell or gal tells you up front, I want business at these hundred accounts. If I generate a lead at one of those accounts, they're going to care a whole lot more about it because they picked that account in the first place. And so that, mm -hmm. that fundamentally kind of underpins everything else I'm about to say. There's already a, 
a base set of engagement between sales and marketing that's already locking in a certain amount of interest in playing along um, before you even start. Because the marketer has been trying to solve the problem of how do I how do I prove that my activity is worth something to the company so I can get more budget or more headcount or keep my job or whatever. I mean, that, the marketer has been all about that forever. And the, and the sales guy's been getting hassled by the marketer forever. And, and this approach, uh, you know, that, 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 that is account-based marketing is locking in that, that playing along earlier on. And a lot of people will say, well, I've been doing this all along. This is nothing new. You know, account-based marketing is just good marketing. And I agree. The difference is the technology that's available and the data that's available today, you couldn't do two, three, four, five years ago. And so it's even if you've been doing this good marketing all along, collaborating with your sales partners, the kind of data that's available to go action on and the kind of tactics like account-based display, they didn't exist before. So there's even tighter collaboration required and even tighter collaboration possible between the two departments. So, you know, that gets followed up on with, you know, doing, you know, in my case, uh, when when we're planning campaigns, we have stage gates in the planning process that say, well, once the brief is done, sales has to sign off. Once the buyer journey is done, sales has to sign off. You know, before the content gets created, sales has to sign off. You know, once the uh, accounts are picked and locked in, sales signs off on the account. And many times it comes from them and it goes through some iteration. You know, and then there's some kind of recurring meeting. You know, I do weekly roll-ups and monthly meetings where you're continuously locking in with sales on, hey, are these the right kinds of leads? Are these still the right accounts? Should we be adding accounts or removing accounts, et cetera? And then obviously you have to have the technology to capture it. So, you know, we use Salesforce CRM, for example. So when I'm turning over accounts and opportunities, you know, to sales, getting them to put the information back in the CRM, it's a slightly bigger, uh, bigger issue than just what I'm talking about. But, um, but you know, if, if you can provide, like I was looking at this opportunity that we generated the other day, a, a fairly sizable one, a fairly exciting one, it was a 12-month history of 176 touch points from marketing across, I don't remember how many, like 15 or 17 campaigns. You know, for me to be able to point at that and go to the sales guy or gal and say, hey, these campaigns are influencing these opportunities and these are the people who are interacting, you know, when they see stuff like that, they're like, oh, now I know why I need to put my information in the system. So, you know, I think transparency and communication with the dashboarding and and providing the information back to them helps them understand, you know, why they why they would want to put information in the system in the first place. You know, a great example of this that I always run into is trade shows, like whatever sales guy or gal has a trade show they want to go to and they're not, they're having trouble getting the funding for it. Well, with the attribution that you can, that you can be doing now, you can go back and look, well, this trade show touched these accounts in this business at this point in time or whatever the case. So, so they start to get their head around why putting the data in, how that powers, what kinds of attribution. And, uh, and then they are more motivated to put it in. But as I kind of started this comment with, since since all of the campaigning is around the accounts they already care about, that's what's getting them to the table to look at it in the first place. And then, you know, past that, your, your multi-touch attribution or whatever you're doing is is keeping them engaged in, in why. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it's the result, you know, both anecdotally and, and 
and objectively, you know, to have a sales guy come back, come back from a conference and say, wow, a lot of my customers said they saw our ads before the, before the event. Well, that wasn't, that wasn't on accident, you know, or for a sales guy to say, Hey, it used to take me three weeks to get in the door and account. Now it takes me a week to get in the door. You know, that's not an accident. That's because you've been priming that account with specific messaging, you know, so, so there's, you know, and then you get the objective, which is, you know, the actual dollars, you know, closing, closing the deals, um, you know, and, and nothing, nothing breeds, breeds collaboration like success and, uh, and, you know, and bringing an account based approach um, only amplifies that. I think I were some really great uh, information you just shared about how to align sales and, and the marketing side, because if, If that's not done properly, obviously, this all will fall apart. Um, I think having sales sign off on, on communication, on, on collateral, etc., make sure that everyone is in the same boat and that later on, sales, for example, cannot come and say, well, you know, we didn't want to say that or that's not correct what you communicated. And if I could, exp if I could expand on that in two ways, you know, number one, realistically, if sales isn't going to go close the business, marketing doesn't have a job. And so if sales wants to say something that's slightly different than how marketing wants to say it, you should think very critically about that as a marketer uh, of how much you really want to fight that because, you know, sales brings a lot of value to that, to that thinking. And I think a lot of times marketers get frustrated with or it's not as exciting to them when sales wants to say one thing which isn't as creative or as fun or whatever as whatever marketing wanted to do. But, uh, but, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot to be gained from, from looking at it from both perspectives. And the other thing that I would really point out on that is, is the importance of simplicity. And I think I've, I have seen a number of marketers, personally, I've seen this, where they get jacked up about, uh, ABM and they're just so excited about ABM or whatever it is that they're trying to do. And they jump in full tilt and they break out all these massive, templates that they're going to start using and all these inputs that are required from sales. You've got to give me this, 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 this. And, and the rest of the organization hasn't caught up. They don't, they don't know why or, or even what you're talking about. And I think if you can do anything that you can to simplify as much as possible, the initial asks for the initial foray into this, you know, you know, slim it down as far as you possibly can just to start building that understanding and that learning and then scale up from there. If you try to do the best ideal customer profile or the best target account list that you can possibly get before you even start, you just, you just can't, you almost, it's almost an oxymoron. You almost can't get the best before you start because, because you don't know how that's going to work. And, and the main thing is your sales partners, no matter how good they are, no matter how advanced they are, no matter what background they have, they are not going to be familiar with the marketing technology like you are. And, and so as a marketer, so you have to bring them along slowly. You can't just dump it all on them. And I think that's super important when you're building that collaboration. Um, Daniel, a second ago, you talked about personalization. How important is it? for account-based marketing? And to what extent um, do you suggest to go to personalize um, your assets? Yeah, that's also an excellent question. And um, I mean, oh, 
there's a spectrum of personalization and uh i've got i've got it visualized in my mind because i always use the same spectrum and uh, i'm not going to get it entirely right but you know you get all the way down to one-to-one and then and then you go all the way up to just mass market like super bowl commercial and uh and you know somewhere in between there you're segmenting on you know you're you're personalizing by at least account or by at least sub vertical or by at least industry you know so there's different uh levels of that personalization and um you know part of it to me depends on how big is your total addressable market and uh and how much time you've got to get after it and and just to elaborate on that i've got one vertical that i sell into where the total addressable market is less than 100 accounts you know i've got other verticals that i sell into where the total addressable market is thousands and thousands of accounts and uh and so you know meaningful one-to-one personalization at thousands of accounts is going to be a lot more taxing than at hundreds of accounts and also the significance of closing one account out of a hundred is more than closing one account out of a thousand or whatever. So, so there's some, there's some boundaries around that, you know, that, that make it more or less significant. But I would say that in the context of email, any, uh, the more personalization that you can add without being cheesy, uh, you know, and, or creepy, the better. And, and, you know, I've been very focused on, you know, name, account name, you know, little, little nuggets like, you know, I was reading on your website, inserting the website name. Like I did a big test on it a while ago. And when I went from three factors to four factors of personalization, I'm not going to get this totally right because I'm not looking at it. The, the, I, ha- I saw an improvement of 30% in the click rate, 30% improvement in click rate, uh, with that one extra, uh, factor of personalization. And, I, and if I remember correctly, I think it actually was their website that I put into it. And I think it was something like high first name. I was recently on company's web, company's website and I put in the website and I, I was reading about blah, blah, blah. And that personalization of adding that to all that. And I did a split test between including that or not including it, you know, and then there's plenty of research out there about all these different things you could test, but just firsthand, you know, personalization and email in my in my experience there's a threshold where if you don't get over the threshold of personalization you might as well have not done it in the first place you know but you don't want to overdo it so you know you you want to get right at that right amount you know whereas like in advertising with the ads i mean we definitely personalize down to you know the, the all the accounts are picked by sub vertical and then usually we're personalizing at a minimum down to uh, role types within, within those verticals. So like purchasing might be one set of things, you know, maintenance might see another set of things, you know, something like that. But then there are some cases where we're running one to one where an account, an account sees an account specific ad. And, and again, that, that's because we have certain specific things that we want to say to that account versus another. And the significance of winning that account is, is extremely high because the, the the market is only so large. So um, I think the, the best way to answer it is you should, you should try personalizing and you should be setting up, you should be setting it up in a way that you can be testing it and you should figure out what works best for your business because it's going to be different even inside your business from segment to segment. But if you're not trying it and you're not testing it, it's a it's a missed opportunity and basically every ad that we put out every email we put out every landing page we make has something that's being tested so 
you should be always testing the the, per, the the factors of personalization and the degree to which you want to personalize looking for that sweet spot because when you do that you do see you do see significant improvements i mean every time i've done that i've seen significant improvements i mean there's just testing in general but on personalization as well and so um uh, so i think you know it it is it is kind of the holy grail is getting, you know, 100% personalized marketing, but there's 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 a you know a lot of cost in terms of time that comes into that, and you can try to improve it with you know AI generated ads and stuff like that, but I think you gotta you gotta maintain the human side of it too. So you don't wanna you don't wanna personalize like a robot and come off like a robot. You gotta come off like a person. So there's definitely a fine line. Great. I mean, that was that was that was great information, um, Daniel. I'm looking at the list of questions I had jotted down before our call, and I realize I still have a number of questions. But uh, from a time perspective, I think we're kind of coming to the end uh, of this podcast, which makes me think we probably should get you back on here in a, in a few weeks to to talk about all the other questions I have here, um, sure. Daniel. If if people want to reach out to you, uh, find out more about you, where can they go? So I, um, I, I, I love LinkedIn. I'm always on LinkedIn. I share a lot on LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn uh, easily. I have a, a Twitter handle, the Engelbretton, as well that I use from time to time. I'm not, I'm not as religious about Twitter, but I'm, I'm trying to improve. But LinkedIn is my, is my, is my spot. Thanks everyone for listening. If you like the Performance Delivered podcast, please subscribe to us and leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast application. If you want to find out more about Symphonic Digital, you can visit us at symphonicdigital.com or follow us on Twitter at SymphonicHQ. Thanks again and see you next time. Performance Delivered is sponsored by Symphonic Digital. Discover audience-focused and data-driven digital marketing solutions for small and medium businesses at symphonicdigital.com.